Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Listening to Scott Wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to hour number two of Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Our toll-free telephone number, as always, write it down, keep it handy, 844-843-6879. Again, 844-843-6879. You want to send a tweet, it is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me, go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact, Scott Aikon, and fire away. We'll do some emails, some tweets, and more phone calls uh, throughout this next hour. I got my coffee. Thank you very much. And my official Red Sox cup. Uh, I don't have a bagel today. I have one of these dopey little cookies, but uh, it, it works, I suppose. I don't really eat that much in the morning. I used to love breakfast. Breakfast was by far my favorite meal as a kid growing up. Still like it, but uh, the juices really don't get flowing till mid-afternoon. That's when it really kind of kicks in. So I uh, got a lot to do this hour, including... Uh, We got a PGA Travelers Championship getting underway in about an hour and a half or so. So we got to get our picks in. One of our three main golfers that we play every single week uh, is not in the tournament, Ricky Fowler. So he is out. So we can't really pick him, obviously, this week. So we're going to continue to go with the guys that we went with. I'll let you know who those are. And there's an interesting prop out there. And I tell you, these things are real enticing on FanDuel. The latest, not really latest, but one of the things you could bet is will a guy make the cut or not? Forget about winning a championship. Forget about finishing in the top 10. You know, they they have it broken down by countries and nationalities. You know, who's going to be the highest finisher from America, from Europe, blah, 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 blah. Uh, So one of those little prop things is will a player make the cut? And generally, you have to lay six to eight to 10 to one that he will, because let's face it, you know, the top 70 roughly golfers, um, you know, make the cut. It's hard not to make the cut, forget about winning. But there is a prominent golfer, in fact, there's two prominent golfers that are less than two to one to make the cut. Boy, I know their stock has fallen, but I didn't think it fell that far. I mean, for less than two to one, who are they, Scott? Who are they? I got to get to the window. I'm getting ready for work. I got to go. Who is it? Well, that's what's called a tease. I'll let you know. Got to take a break. When we come back, I'll let you know who our PGA Lock of the Week is. Dump it up. Take a look at that. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bad Beats 
Sports on this Thursday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, 844-843-6879, our toll-free telephone number. Oh, yes, we have golf. We got baseball down the line. We got NBA down the line. We got the NHL down the line. We got football down the line. Cross your fingers anyway. Uh, but we have current golf action. So I can't get into the Korean baseball. We were going to have a Korean baseball expert, uh, Colby P., but uh, that lasted about two, three days. And getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning just burned him out. So we waved the white flag on Korean baseball. I know there's a guy on uh, the YouTube TV feed that says he knows uh, a little something about the Korean baseball. Gino, Gino, you want to send us some picks, brother? Uh, I'm all for it. Knock yourself out, but uh, I'm not even going to pretend. I know the WNBA. I kick ass in the WNBA. I know football. I know basketball. I know hockey. Do very well in hockey, but uh you know, Korean baseball, nope, uh, out of my league. I'll, I'll, I'll gladly admit that. So, But we do have golf starting in about an hour and a half. It's the Travelers Championship. Had a couple of people, including Brooks Kepka, Webb Simpson, who won last week, drop out this week. So those are two pretty big names. But you still got a halfway decent field. And I'll give you the three guys. Now, again, if you missed out on last week and two weeks ago, uh, my philosophy with this golf, especially this year, is take three guys. And just play them every single week. You, you know, you may not think that's profitable, but with the odds that we're getting with these golfers, which are generally between 40 and 80 to 1, you could go 10 weeks losing and hit in the 11th week and you're going to win money. So uh, that's my recommendation. Pick three rather than trying to analyze the course and this and that. You, you take that into account a little bit, but I'm just going with these three guys. And cross your fingers that one of the three wins the tournament by the end of the season. If you, if you win just one, you'll break even. That's basically how it goes. Or at least you have 20 tournaments worth of action. And if you could win two, obviously, then, then you're cashing the money. So our three guys, Tony Finau, according to FanDuel, 50 to 1. So we're going to go with him. Jason Day is 80 to 1. Man, he was 75 to 1 last week. And he failed to make the cut. He didn't play poorly. You know, shot a 71 and a 69, which is not, you know, got awful. It really isn't. But he did not make the cut. And he's up to 80 to 1. Wow. His has, his, has uh, his stock just fallen. I mean, just fallen off the, the cliff. And our third guy was Ricky Fowler, but he's not in this. Uh, at least I didn't see his name anyway. So unless I missed it, I don't think he's entered this week. So we're going to replace Fowler who I'm kind of sick of losing money anyway uh, with him, uh, and go with Gary Woodland, who, according to FanDuel, is 55-1. to 1. So we got uh, Finau at 50-1, to 1, Woodland at 55-1, to 1, and Jason Day at 80-1. to 1. If you just hit one of those, then we're going to make some monster, monster odds. Now, they got propped, as I was saying, before the break. And I, I tell you, these things are so enticing. They really are. I mean, they just, uh, it's, it's like the Godfather, you know, in the first episode. You know, you, the, the father, the old man says he wants to get out of it, and they just pull me back in again. And that is prop action with the PGA. So they have a prop called, will the player make the cut? Again, and generally, uh, you get about 140, 50-person field, and generally half the field, roughly, depending on the tournament, make the cut. So, you know, you got a pretty good shot. You, you could be the worst golfer in the world if you got a 50-50 chance uh, to make the cut just numbers-wise, right? So, two guys, and again, uh, to give you an example, Bryson DeChambeau, who's like the hottest thing on the uh, uh, PGA Tour right now, 
you have to lay six to one for him to make the cut. Uh, you have to lay six to one for Rory McIlroy to make the cut. You have to lay uh, four to one for John Rahm to make the cut. See, so generally, and even that's actually not too bad. Uh, four and a half to one Justin Thomas uh, to make the cut. You generally have to lay six to eight, and I've seen as high as ten to one to make the cut. You know, because it's so easy. So you have that predetermined in your brain. But I have two former major winners that are under two to one to make the cut. I'll give you the one that's the most surprising. Jordan Spieth, according to FanDuel, just to make the cut is minus 192. Boy, that is that is just, a, you know, seemingly a gift. Uh, this guy's played in 10 tournaments this year. He has missed one. I'll, I'll grant you that, but he's made nine out of the 10 cuts. He's finished in the top 10 three times. He's finished in the top 25 three times. You know, his average score is under 71. Um, you know, he has yet to win this year. I'll grant you that, but I don't care about winning. I'm just talking about making the cut. So here's a guy, and, and last week he finished around 30, 30 or 40. Um, you know, not, not awful. Uh, didn't really challenge for the championship, but he, he clearly made the cut. So it's not like he, you could say he's playing poorly. Well, I, I got to tell you, laying less than two to one, I hate laying odds. I really do. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dog player. Um, NFL, I'll lay points in college football. But if, when it comes to like hockey or baseball, I play way more underdogs than I do favorites. And, but minus 192, not even two to one for Jordan Speed to just make the cut. Wow, that that seems almost too good to be true. Uh, that really. But I will tell you this: I'll temper that with the last time I thought something like this was Rory McIlroy last year at the British Open when he was playing basically in his backyard. And we all thought, forget about making a cut, right? He was going to win the championship, a Cinderella story. First time it had been uh, where it was in, in gazillion years. And, and this guy's going to absolutely make the cut. I think I laid 10 to 1, and he didn't freaking make the cut. As we all know, he shot like a 95 in the first round, and that just killed him. Came close, but he couldn't get it done. So nothing is absolute. If you're a gambler, you know that. But still, boy. Laying less than two to one for Jordan Speed just to make the cut. If that doesn't do it for you, how about Jason Day? You know, another guy that has struggled, no, no two ways about it, has not won this year, uh, does have a top 10 finish uh, to his credit. He's been in nine tournaments. He's uh, made only four cuts out of the nine, as I'm looking at now. So th that explains a lot. Uh, he's got one top 10 finish. In his nine, he's got the three top 25 finishes in his nine tournaments this year. His average score, you know, oddly enough, is, uh, you know, right around the same, if not even better than uh, what it was uh, for Spieth at 70.4. You only have to lay minus 150 on FanDuel, or to be exact, minus 156 to make the cut. Uh, after seeing though, you know, it's amazing how a little bit of research uh, will will explain a lot. You know, the fact that he's missed uh, five, he's missed five cuts in his nine events, including last week. Again, didn't play poorly. So, yeah, I, I can't. You know, but but here's the question: Is he going to miss back to back cuts? That's you know, does he care that little 
about uh, playing golf this year? Maybe, um, because he missed the cut at the Charles Schwab, which was two tournaments ago. He withdrew back in March, so he's played two tournaments since play is resumed, and he missed the cut in both of them. But again, last week he shot a 71 and 69. He shot 140. That's not bad, you know, at the RB Heritage. That's no. Most golfers would take that. Most golfers would that would put you at even par, and that would you know set you up for a nice chance to uh, make a move Saturday and Sunday, but not yesterday or not last week when the numbers were were super low. So that's not horrible. Is Jason Day gonna miss three tournaments in a row? I probably you know I, I'm guessing no, but uh, I probably wouldn't lay the buck fifty because that tells me that maybe he just doesn't care. I I, I don't know. Um, I'd be less inclined to play that, although that's still very, very enticing. You know, like I said, he's not shooting uh, 150 here. It does seem like he's trying. So both of those, you know what? Let's just do it. Uh, let's just, uh, we'll plunk it down. I'll take Jason Day on top of our three guys. Finau at 50 to 1. Jason Day to win it at 80 to 1. Gary Woodland at 55 to 1. We're going to double down Jason Day minus 156 to make the cut and uh, Jordan Speed uh, minus uh, 190 to make the cut as well. Why not? 844 843 6879. Those are official Travelers Championship pick uh, from yours truly, Mr. Vegas, on this Thursday morning. Good luck. Back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. On this Thursday morning, little Bruce action, 844-843-6879. Again, 844-843-6879. You know, we always talk about steroid testing with uh, Major League Baseball in particular. Football, you know, a little bit, you know, not so much NBA or NHL. But uh, I got to tell you, you know, the latest craze in uh, the PGA Every year they try and elevate, you know, one year it was Dustin Johnson, you know, last year it was Brooks Kepka. a couple of years ago it was Jordan Speed. They all take their turns on being the next uh, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, right? And yet really no one has been able to uh, reach those levels. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau is the latest one this year. Uh, he bulked up, he put on some 40, 50 pounds, and I got to tell you, a lot of it is like fat. It, it doesn't appear to be muscle, but... Uh, he put on a bunch of weight, um, and he hit a drive yesterday in his practice round for the Travelers, 420 yards. I mean, that is just idiotic. Right? Uh, a lot of hackers can't even hit the ball half that far, half the distance, 200 yards. I mean, he hit it. Think of it. 420 yards. I couldn't even see the ball after 250 yards. And I kid you not. And whenever I go back on the golf course, and I'm pretty good, you know, uh, although I will say my goal is uh, shooting 90. I never hit my goal, but uh, I'm, I'm a, about a 25 handicap. I'm right around between 90 and 95, right? I, I can break 100. But I'm not driving, you know, I'm driving between 2 and 250, right? If it's downhill, maybe 250, 240, in that range there. It's general hack stuff. 
this guy is driving it, and I can't even see it, you know, because my eyes are so bad. So this guy's driving it 150 or more yards than the average person. I mean, 150, and in a lot of cases, 200 yards, 420 yards. I mean, Tiger Woods, when he came up and everyone was killing him, didn't even hit it that far. So my question is this, you know, is it the ball? Probably. Is it the clubs? Definitely. But where's the Roy testing in golf? I mean, you don't put on 40 pounds of basically fat. You just don't because it's, it's now I know if you think it's roid, Scott, why wouldn't it be muscle? I get that. But, you know, there's different roids and they do different things. And, you know, some of it's got to be muscle because it's not in his gut. You know, it's in his shoulders and his arms, but he doesn't have any definition. But you look at him last year and you look at him this year, you never say it's the same person, you know, body wise. It's very rare for a person to put on 40 pounds and not have it be pure muscle and not have it be fat either. It, it just, it's spread out over his entire body like he's had it for the last, you know, four or five years. Very strange, very strange. And I said this in one of the previous shows and I'll repeat it. If there ever was a year for a player that wants to make his mark by sticking a needle up his ass and pretend he's Alex Rodriguez, this would be the year. Absolutely. Do you think PGA is going to step in and test Bryson DeChambeau? No. I don't know how they do it. I don't think guys get tested every single week. They should. You would think, you know, if you could test every single day, basically, for the coronavirus, wouldn't you test every single week for golf? And listen, golf is not that far off from baseball as far as, yes, football, you need strength and all that stuff. But, you know, baseball and golf, you know, it's how far you can hit the ball. And that's really what it's all about. Drive for show. I know putt for dough, but you hit the ball 420 yards and you're putting for an eagle on par fours. I mean, that gives you a hell of an advantage. It really does. So do you think that the PGA at this point, with all the stuff going on, with the coronavirus and the social stuff and, and everything else, do you think they would say, okay, here's our next Tiger Woods. We're going to pop him for roids. No. And I tell you, every single time I read a quote from a player that is in amazement of how many pounds Bryson puts on, I just can't help but think that's that player's way of just saying, hmm, you know, no one's going to come out, apparently. No one's got enough balls and no one's smart enough on the PGA Tour to actually write an article. Because I got to tell you, not that I've read a lot, but I've not seen what he's done. It's always he worked out. He did this. But I'm, I'm talking about specific. You don't put 40 pounds of mass on your body like he has without something, something fishy is going on. So, and again, don't tell me guys on the tour don't think he's on roids or at least something. You know, I, I use roids as a, you know, uh, a word for just about anything that guys can do illegally now to put on uh, weight and muscle. I mean, the guy's hitting the ball 100 yards farther. And yeah, he has yet to win a major. That That's his big thing. And God forbid, if he actually should do that, then they really would go gaga over this guy. But 420 yard, wow, that's that's pretty damn impressive. All right, eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. We'll get into you know I love playing the Hall of Fame game with guys. So we got a definite Hall of Famer 
and Adrian Peterson. But I, you know, he talked uh, this week about you know playing four more years, which is crazy. But okay. And then with Major League Baseball coming up, uh, doesn't look like they're going to have the Hall of Fame ceremonies this summer. They put a kibosh on that, so I think they have officially. But all intentions are they're not, so they're going to push it off towards next year. And next year, and one of the headliners this year is Derek Jeter, and it appears anyway that Kurt Schilling would get the honor next year. But we'll break down the Hall of Fame numbers for Kurt Schilling here in a sec. Did that in my podcast yesterday, and I'll spend a couple of minutes uh, doing it here on the radio show as well. First up, a phone call or so, uh, Steve in Utah checks in on Bagels and Bad Beats. What's up, Steve? How are you doing this morning? Oh, he dropped. Okay, you know what? Little little phone issue. So we'll try and get that rectified. We'll go back to the phones here in, in a little bit. So you know what? I'll just do the uh, the, the Kurt Schilling thing here since I, I brought it up. Yeah, you know, no uh, ceremonies. It doesn't appear for the Cooperstown in New York, uh, which is upstate New York. It's not close to New York City. I've been there a couple of times. It is a bit of a hike, but it is still New York. So obviously, it's going to be jammed for Derek Jeter for for sure, right? Next year, Kurt Schilling is going to be up and he came close last year and generally uh, thinking um you know if a guy comes close one year there are no real monster additions next year that Schilling would get the benefit of the doubt uh, two lines of thought with that one uh maybe he won't just because they don't you know they're not pressed into having someone next year because they do have this year's class whereas if they had the ceremony this year and they didn't have anyone for next year. Maybe voters would be more inclined to vote Kurt Schilling in because they, they, the Hall of Fame needs someone being inducted. So they don't have that you know, feeling right now if they push off this year's ceremonies. And then two, uh, the opposite end of the spectrum is, boy, how much fun would that be? You know, as, as close as New York City is a couple of hours to Cooperstown, so basically is Boston maybe another hour or two away. So you're going to have all Red Sox fans and all Stanky fans converging on this little town of Cooperstown, which is as big as, you know, your backyard. I mean, the fa- I don't know how many they get there. Um, I've never been up there for actually one of the Hall of Fame ceremonies. Been up there a couple of times just to visit, but not for the actual ceremony. It, I don't know how they deal with, with the mass number of people with the hotels, because there aren't that many hotels there. But now you have two factions of people. you got to figure there's going to be a good five to 10,000 Stanky fans there and a good five to 10,000 Red Sox fans there if uh, Schilling gets in. And I, I tell you, that will be a lot of fun. Uh, if it's too bad Jeter doesn't have a personality. You know, if he had a, we all know Schilling does. If Jeter had a personality, you know, they could really kind of play off each other. The great Red Sox stanky rivalry, you know, the bloody sock and all that stuff. And I'm sure Schilling, uh, Schilling would play in. And Jeter's, you know, he's basically a curmudgeon. He, you know, he has, he's never shown any personality. Never, ever, ever. But it's not an absolute lock about Schilling. And the numbers are okay. 216 wins, 146 losses, difference of 70 there. So that, that's a halfway decent, uh, or different of 60 there. That, that's a halfway decent number, but not, not a be-all, end-all. Uh, here are his positives. He had seven really good years, including three in which he won 21 games or more. Now, you got pitchers in the Hall of Fame that have never won 20 games in a season. He's done it three times. 
So that that's pretty darn good. And, and really, you know, he made a case for himself later in his career. When he joined Arizona, that really was the turning point. You know, when he joined Arizona, he went first full season 22 and 6, then 23 and 7, uh, had an off year 8 and 9, joined the Red Sox 21 and 6, 15 and 7. So four out of his best really seven years came in the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years of his career. That's remarkable. And he only had one season in which he lost more than one game than he won. He's basically only had a couple of seasons in which he's had a losing record. Only one of those back in 94 did he actually have more than one loss versus a win. So ERA, you know, in a steroid-induced era, 3.46, not too bad, not spectacular, especially considering he pits in the National League with the, uh, you know, not with the DH, but considering it was the steroid era, you know, not not horrible, nothing great, but here's what puts him over the top in my eyes. And I'm not saying this as a Red Sox fan. Um, this is just, it is what it is. And that is, he was 11-2 in the postseason. 11-2. That's tough. When you sit there and you ask yourself, would you rather have Tom Glavin or Kurt Schilling pitch for you in the postseason? Schilling. Would you rather have Tom Glavin or even Greg Maddox pitch for you in the postseason? Absolutely. Kurt Schilling. 11-2, ERA under 2.3. The guy was phenomenal in the postseason. So because of that, he's got the three World Series rings. Absolutely, he did. And he was a key part of all three of those World Series. So Schilling should get in, and that'll be a lot of fun next year. 844-843-6879. A Thursday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel. Thank you for that. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagels and Bad Beats on a Thursday morning, 844-843-6879, the toll-free telephone number. One quick story here before we head back to the calls. I think we can pull the lines back up. And that is, did you see the story about Reggie Bush and Vince Young? Very interesting. Reggie was appearing at a podcast, I think it is, called McAfee and Hawk, and was asked about his Heisman Trophy, which he had to give back because they you know, found out that he was taking money at USC. No surprise, he's driving around in a fancy car and living in a great hotel and everything, right? So they take away the, the championships that they won under Pete Carroll, who's dirty as dirt can be, and, and Reggie Bush loses the Heisman Trophy. So he was asked about that, and he told a story that Vince Young, who finished second in the Heisman Trophy that year, 2005, was actually offered by the NCAA, or at least, they were offering to see if they would take it. And if he said no, then uh, they wouldn't make the official offer. But if he said yes, uh, Bush makes it seem like the NCAA would have extended the offer to, to, to Young. So Bush says that the Young was asked, hey, listen, you know what? We're, we're going to strip it away from uh, me. And uh, do you want it? And he said no. And Mac Brown, who was then Texas head coach with Vince Young, confirmed apparently the story on Fox uh, last week and said that, yeah, you know what? He, he was offered and he said no. 
And I got to tell you, that's actually pretty impressive for, for a guy who's had some character flaws uh, over the years in Vince Young. And you just, uh, you know, that would be a great NFL, you know, one of those, uh, you know, 30 for 30s, if you will, with the four-letter network. I forget what the NFL player's life, I think it's called, on NFL channel. Uh, what happened really with Vince Young? Because, man, he was terrific. He was Lamar Jackson. He was, he, you know, he was running all over the place in college, won the national championship, great game, beats USC. And Reggie Bush, I mean, set for stardom, and he, he fizzled out. Had, took the Tennessee to the postseason the one year, but then he had the incident with the gun and the car. And was he going to commit suicide or not? He swore no, but that was basically it. Never really got another chance. Uh, that would be an interesting take and, and figure out what really happened to, to him. So, but he was offered. So he was offered the Heisman Trophy, and he said thanks, but no thanks. And, you know, because of that, Reggie says that Vince uh, will always be special to him. And he even reasoned it as, listen, he could have, right? I mean, they just beat us in the national championship, and he had every right to say I was the better player that year. But it was, keep in mind, though, it was five years later. You know, by the time Bush and everything uh, fell apart, uh, it was five years down the line. But, you know, it, it bring, would you have taken the Heisman Trophy? The Heisman Trophy, let's face it, that is. And it's not even close. The most dignified, historic, whatever word you want to use, individual honor in sports that we have in our country. You know, NFL MVP is nice, but not Heisman Trophy. Uh, Rookie of the Year, MVP baseball, um, you know, nice, not Heisman Trophy. You know, uh, Con Smythe, NHL, Stanley Cup Championship, nice, not Heisman Trophy. I mean, it is. The Heisman Trophy is by far the most historic individual award that we have. And he could have taken that. He could have. And he didn't. So the only thing I would say, I probably wouldn't have either, especially five years down the line. But, um, if it was Reggie Bush taking steroids and that's what made him perform better, I would be more inclined to take it. But it was just Reggie Bush taking money. And I think, not to accuse Vince Young of it, but I, I think Vince and a bunch of the other players have said, well, that's no big deal. You know, every superstar athlete is getting paid under the table. So if it's legitimate, he was cheating. Uh, you know, maybe he wasn't going to any classes. He was getting paid. He was taking steroids. You know, he was doing all these things where he absolutely positively was dirty and cheating the game. Then I'd be more inclined. But if it's just, well, he was getting paid and got to drive around a nice fancy car and live in a nice fancy dorm room and everything. Uh, yeah. Vince probably said it's, it's, you know, listen, we all got that. You know, if they start delving into what he got, uh, where do you find out what I got at Texas? I mean, if they're giving money at USC, don't you think I was getting a couple of shekels on the side from uh, the University of Texas uh, boosters? Probably. But still, I, I will say on the surface, uh, that is uh, pretty impressive. Eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. Back to the phones we go. How about Paul in West Orange? Uh, welcome to Bad uh, Bagels and Bad Beats. Paul, how are you this morning, bud? Good, Scott. It's the only trophy that has its own TV show. That is true. There you go. You're right about that as well. <laughs> um, so DeChambeau changed his swing on his drives. Oh, I don't know if you've been pounds. watching it at all. It's, it's, I have. I you have. see how fast I mean, he brings the club back? 
Yeah, and I mean, why do you think all of a sudden he could swing the club 200 miles an hour? Not the steroids. Not not the not, uh, not the lifting weights. Uh, he... Nah, it's not the steroids. It's the, no. it's the swings. It's, he looks like those swings are like that long drive guys. He just happens to be able to keep it straight. Yeah, but how do you put on 40 pounds of weight, Paul, and be able to swing and move faster? <laughs> the heavier you are, right? I mean, the, the slower you should be. It shouldn't be the other way around. I keep putting on weight. I can swing the club pretty good. <laughs> I'm sure you can. I don't know about 200 miles an hour. No, I, but, I, uh... Yeah. I don't know anything about the shilling. I like like him, but after was I listening to you? And you right. said his best four years was his last four years. Pretty much. I immediately think, oh, I guess he must have. I guess he must have been taking steroids then. Listen, you want to throw it out there? I mean, it looks like that, but I do remember him. You know, talking when he was with Baltimore and Philadelphia, how he didn't take the game seriously. He was screwing around all the time. And it really wasn't until he got with Arizona with uh, Randy Johnson and those guys that he really kind of get focused. Now, whether that's just a precursor for him to say that's, you know, that explains my life versus taking steroids, I don't know. But, uh, you know, you can make that case. He, he, but he was always a good pitcher, just not at that level. I mean, he had phenomenal years, you know, with, with uh, the. Um, uh, Diamondbacks and Red Sox. I mean, 22 and six, 23 and seven. You know, 23 and six. I mean, th those are monster numbers that he never put up any other time. Yeah, and my horse came in third to Belmont. If it was a mile and a half, he probably would have came in second. Yeah, there you go. So I there you, you go. I yeah, I gave you the winner, so, but my other two horses are still running on a trophy uh, track. Yeah, well, that was a that horse is a beast, the winner. So. Yeah, I tell that you, what, you know what's interesting. Show. Didn't even bet up the win. Yeah, you know what's interesting about that, Paul, is that because of the schedule this year, uh, these triple crown races are spread so far apart that he's going to run in another race before he gets to the. Uh, I think the Kentucky Derby is next, so he could theoretically lose, yet still get the triple crown. You know, and I, I wonder for the last race. I, I think it's the the Derby's next and the Freakness, but whatever it is. Um, uh, I wonder if he wins the next Christmas race. This is next, and Derby's they, Derby's Labor Day weekend. Derby's last, okay. Um, so I wonder if he, he uh, uh, wins the, the the Preakness, loses in two weeks when he runs in this next race, but then still can win the Triple Crown if that'll be like that big a deal, you know? Where triple years yeah. past, it was always one race, one race, one race, and you decide what you're going to do with the rest of the summer. But now you have all these other races intermingled in between the triple crown races where i don't they got they're gonna run them um but you know if he ends up losing and i don't think he will i think he's the class of a force racing this year I, I think he's gonna win all these races to tell you the truth but that would be weird yeah. if he actually lost these other races but won all the triple crown races yeah well you better start uh keep telling you stick with the horse racing because i you know, we used to so with the golfers, two guys aren't playing because their caddies got COVID. So you yeah. see more and more of that. So, you know, didn't an NBA guy just get it too or something? Yeah, we've had, uh, you know, a good call, Paul. I appreciate the phone call. A couple of guys in the NBA. Buddy Heald from uh, Sacramento is the most prominent one. You're probably referring to him. So he, he's going to be out. But, um, yeah, uh, listen, you want to make money this weekend? Jordan Speed, I'm laying it all on the line. Jordan Speed, forget all of who's going to win at 50 to 1. Jordan Speed to make the cut. 
we'll just say at minus two to one. It's, it's 192 at FanDuel. There's no way he's not at least making a cut. No way. Uh, Steve in Utah. Steve, welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats. Hey, Scotty. How you doing this morning? Hey, Steve. How are you, man? You're up early. I'm all right. Yeah. Well, actually, I was up before you started your show today. I have to deliver in, in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina uh, by noon, so I had a long drive. Hey, I okay. was just about to ask you. I was just about to ask you what you answered. If I had one bet for the golfer this weekend, what would you say for it to be? And you just answered the question. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I tell you, Steve, I don't like playing things that look fishy to me. You know, like an NFL line or a college football line or any line. You know, baseball. Sometimes you see a line. It just it doesn't make any sense, you know, but, you know, you reluctantly do it anyway. And more times than not, you know, you end up losing Jordan speed at less than two to one to make the cut for FanDuel. I, I just uh, I mean, again, he's played nine tournaments this year he, or 10. He's made the cut in nine of the 10. So it's not 100 percent, but um, I'll take my chances. He could finish in the top 75 or so after the first two rounds of this tournament, laying less than two to one. That That's a gift to me. I I think that's the best one. And, and I'd say for those, Steve, and I tell people this, if you don't like laying two to one, and I understand that fully, all you have to do is if you're, let's just say you're a $100 player, Steve, uh, and normally you would lay 110 to win 100 for a normal bet, right? So you you lay that same 110 and you win $55. And you tell yourself, if your biggest complaint is I only won $55, well, then you know what? Life is pretty good. You know, if, if you if you could start your conversation with I only won, then life is pretty good. So and that's how I justify laying that kind of wood. You know, I, I'm not going to win as much as I would have if it was a straight minus 110 bet, but I'd rather win 55 than lose 110 because I took a chance on some other goofy bet. Heck, I've been betting on soccer overseas, and you barely win $25 here and there. So if you do that, it's not that bad, you know? Yeah, yeah. How you doing with the soccer stuff? Do you know that, or are you just doing it because it's, uh, you know, fun to do? No. Um, you need action. I'm just doing it. I'm just doing it because it's something to do. And sometimes I pick both sides to win. Like uh, both sides have plus 160 or something. I'll just go right, both sides yeah. this way. As long as it's not a draw, you win, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I do see that. That is very enticing. Um, NHL lines, there are similar lines, but you don't have that biggest swing. Like I've seen, you know, NHL, you know, plus 120 one side, plus 130 the other side. So you're really laying a lot to win just a couple of bucks. Whereas soccer, I have seen like plus two to one on one team and plus two to one on the other team. Um, you know, so you're actually winning a halfway decent amount if it, as long as it doesn't end up in a tie. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, good call. I, if I got plus 170 or more, I'll go for it on both yeah. sides. I'll take both sides. But anyway, I'll let you go so you can uh, finish up your show. Good talking to you, Scott. You got it, Steve. Appreciate that, bud. Yeah. Listen, you, you're going to get burned on that stuff eventually. You will. But. It's like betting in craps, you know, the whole table except like five numbers. I, I think that's what it is. And if you hit one out of those 30 that you play, you'll win like a couple of dollars. And if you just, you know, theoretically do that forever, you'll just win a couple of dollars, but depending on how much you bet, but you will win. 
but eventually you're gonna get burned by those couple of numbers that you're not playing will lose and eventually same thing here that uh you know those one of those soccer matches is going to be a tie and you're not losing once but you're losing twice so you got to really win two out of every three bets just to break even 844-843-6879 we'll wrap up shop next bagels and bad beats on a thursday morning sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com shop on this Thursday morning as we always do with some stories we didn't have time to delve into. Sports Business Daily says the NFL is going to have the first six to eight rows of their stadiums blocked off just to help uh, the players and, and worry about the coronavirus. So are they just going to let that be? Of course not. Not the NFL. They're going to put tarps down and sell advertising. So they're going to put big signs all across these stadiums so they get exposure on TV and make some more money. Boy, leave it to the NFL. They don't miss a beat. They really don't. Listen, it's now or never for Colin Kaepernick. We could have spent two hours on this. I didn't want to do it. But the new Lions owner, Sheila Ford, said that as long as the head coach and GM want Kaepernick to, to join the team, she is on board with it. So if it's not going to happen now, it's never going to happen for Kaepernick. And quite frankly, I don't think it is ever going to happen for Kaepernick. So uh, they can say all they want, but I don't think he's getting in. Adrian Peterson says he wants to play four more years. You know, where does he sit? He's a Hall of Famer, obviously. You know, he ran for nearly 900 yards last season at the age of 37. All-time list, is he better than the Jim Browns and O.J. Simpsons of the world and Barry Sanders? Dare I bring O.J. into the equation? No. He's kind of like the Trevor Hoffman of the NFL. You know, his two... Two bombed-out stages for Trevor Hoffman. Stanks in the World Series and then blowing up in the All-Star game. AP, you know what I remember AP for? Fumbling the ball away and blowing that three-score lead against Seattle in that playoff game a few years ago when their kicker missed, what was it, like a 25-yard field goal, which could have won it. He fumbled the ball at Seattle to really win. That That's his legacy. No great success. No playoff success. No Super Bowl. No NFC championship. He, you know, he, like I say, he's like the Trevor Hoffman. So I don't, I don't think he's actually going to get in. Jerome McGinley did head the class for the NHL, uh, all the Hall of Fame. So good job by McGinley. Unfortunately, most people don't care about the NHL, and they actually put in a female foreign goaltender, which you know doesn't exactly highlight the class. No offense there, ladies, but uh, there you go. He got into the NHL Hall of Fame. And no one even heard about it. Boy, boy. Talk about having just no exposure. Great job by the phone callers, the emailers, and the tweeters. We'll do it all again tomorrow right here at Bagels and Bad Beats. With yours truly, Scott Wetzel. Have yourself a great rest of your day. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.